It's the Stack Attack Fantasy Podcast, your one-stop shop to dominate fantasy baseball and football. Come get some. And we are back, I guess. I, Andy, I don't, I don't even know what the hell's going on over there. I'm watching you in the in the uh, in the Zoom room. You just dropped in doing push-ups, dude. Yeah, I man. I almost saw up your shorts, man. Thank God you're wearing tidy whities and not freaking boxers. What are you doing? Oh, I, I'm going to Florida in uh, two months. I gotta get the uh, you know dad bod up up to gear, man. I'm you know two months. I'm what what are you like hitting two- on mini? No, no, I like uh, Daisy, but uh, you know, I'm doing. I'm down uh, 50 pounds in the past year, and I'm still pushing it. So you know, I gotta get my heart healthy and try to be here next year for you guys. Well, wait, and, uh, wait, 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 wait. So you like Daisy over Minnie? Yeah, yeah. That's funny. I always took you for Mother Ducker. <laughs> oh, I think we should end right now. <laughs> Anyway, guys, it's the Stack Attack Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host. As always, I'm Jeff Trella. And with me is this Disney-loving fool doing push-ups, Trader Andy. Say hello to the people that don't answer your back. If anyone's listening, I say hello to all. All right. What's going on, man? Uh, we just started Slam today. I kind of like how you how you got started. You want to talk about your first two or three rounds? Yeah, well, um, obviously... Uh I picked third, and I was surprised to get my top player uh, there at three. Uh, Fernando Tatis uh, went to me at three behind uh, Acuna and Soto. It was funny because Soto got drafted, and then like a minute later, the guy's freaking out because he got blasted in the head with a pitch today. So uh, thank God he was healthy, and he made it through. But I got excited. I got him, and then I I came back with uh, DJ LeMayu uh, in the second round, and then Finished it up with Castillo, Luis Castillo. That's pretty awesome. There, th- for the listeners, what's important about that is it's best ball. So the fact that LeMahieu plays three positions is huge because on a given week, he'll factor into the lineup wherever it's best, and then somebody else could come up from the bench to fill in a hole where, wherever uh, wherever it was missed. My team started out pretty sexy. I went from the five hole. Uh, I started with Trout. It, it went pretty chalk, but there was no pitchers in the in the top. Um, after Trout, I went with Lindor. I passed on Trevor Bauer. Uh, wow. I, us- I usually wow. don't. I usually don't take aces in best ball because I can make it up with volume. You could manufacture an ace. Remember in a best ball that the bad starts don't count for you. So I don't really feel like I need somebody that's consistent that's going to be out there every start. That's just my opinion. So I went with Lindor instead. And then Aaron Nola came to me on the back around, so I ended up with an ace anyway, even though it wasn't my plan. <laughs> and then I just took Rendon in the in the fourth, so I'm set. I'm ready to roll. That's, I'm ready to roll. All right, now, all now right. With uh, with Bauer, were you a little worried because he he's closing one eye? Bro, I love it, man. That's the thing I love about <laughs> Trevor Bauer is he. That, that's just who he is, man. Yeah. Like he, but that that's not him being funny or stupid. That that's him showing. That he's trying to get better. Like, what? What if maybe someday, like, you know, a cicada flies into his eye or some crap like that? He's got to be able to pitch. You know, <laughs> you got to be ready to go. After uh, die. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, we got some news today. Uh, our boy Nick and Mimi, the worst Twitter handle of all time. Who? Oh, oh, you're talking about the Greek geek of uh, mock drafts. The Greek geek right. of mock drafts called out today because. The, the drafts he's doing today are not mocks. They're actual drafts, so he had to focus on them. So I think he's actually doing three drafts right now as we speak. So stepping it up to the mic for the first time is his uh, substitute. We're bringing him in from the bullpen is Mr. Lou Heineck. What's up, man? How you doing today? Hey, what's going on, Jeff? Thanks for having me on. No problem, bro. He's AKA called Clueless Lou. Yes. Ho- the name is very accurate. <laughs> it's one of those perfectly ironic names. Lou is in basically every home league that I run. And one of the things I want to do, because this podcast is really focused more towards, you know, our listenership is more towards players rather than industry, even though Andy and Nick and myself are really trying to, you know, be more industry oriented with our own brain. But we have to talk from the perspective of the player and, and, you know, the player sometimes is, you know, Timmy from accounting that doesn't know what the hell he's doing. 
And sometimes it's a guy like Lou that's in 15 leagues himself. So just trying to get a little fresh perspective from somebody that we've known for a long time. So welcome to the mic, Mr. Lou. Clueless Lou. All right, Lou, I'm going to start with you. You're, you're, you're the comedian of the group. Coming to America too. You seen it yet? Yes, sir. Watched it on Saturday. Loved it. All right. You loved it. That's good because most of the people that we've spoken to that have had an opinion are, are like guys that didn't have like a core value of coming to America like Andy and I did. You know, it was like ingrained in my teen years. You're a little younger than us, but, you know, I, I take it that the original was that important to you. I've been watching Eddie Murphy since I was five or six and coming to America was one of the first ones I've seen. You know, I learned a lot of curse words in that movie. You know, that's, that, was my, that was my first taste of F-bombs and stuff like that. So. <laughs> nice. Eddie! I don't like the way you're treating me. <laughs> you treat me like animal. When, when, he, when, he's, when he's screaming on his balcony and they're like, F you. And he's like, F you back. You know, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go do that right now. Yeah, I got uh, a nice slap in the back of my head for my mother great. on that one. That's great. All right. So, so Lou, real quick. And Andy, you're in the bullpen on this one. What, what did you find to be the best laugh of the movie? What was your favorite part? I mean, honestly, it might have been the circumcision scene. Because <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> I, I felt that as he was doing that. And, and I was just like, this is PG-13. This can't be right. <laughs> All right. Hey, Andy, oh, what did you man. think? Oh, man. Jumbo Matumbo coming out there. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I was dying. <laughs> I had to explain to my girlfriend who that was because she was like, that's just a big African. I'm like, no, that's Matumbo, man. <laughs> that was great. That was great. My, I, I'd have to say, believe it or not, it is a little cheesy. My favorite part was the ending, man. The, the, whole, the whole Randy Watson uh, montage at the end with all the characters involved <laughs> in the song. And uh, and 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 uh, homegirl, pe- homegirl, pe- homegirl peaches. <laughs> peaches. <laughs> that was what I was going to ask you guys next. What was, what was your favorite uh, character return from from it? Andy, you go first. Uh, it was it was probably uh, uh, the barbershop guys. They're hilarious. Yeah. What is that velvet? <laughs> oh, that was at the end. Yeah, I was yeah, waiting for that. Aha, but it didn't. You have come. to watch all the <laughs> way to the end. You got to watch all the way to the end. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, the mighty mighty barbershop was pretty amazing. I uh, of course I love you know Mr. McDowell with his McFlurbies. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we put the candy on the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 basically, uh, in the thought of this movie and everything, Lou is kind of like the bastard of uh, the podcast. You know, we had to go find him and go travel and search and bring him back. Oh, you know? the, he, he, he's the <laughs> bast, hey, bastard hey. son of the podcast. That's that's fine with me, man. I'm going to be a prince then. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know who the one character that was missing that I wanted to see though. That the only one that was missing, uh, other than the queen, because she passed. Yeah, Daryl wasn't there. Like I was waiting to at least like have a billboard and like so, you know I I, I don't know your replacement or wigs or something. Yeah, well my bald ass doesn't keep up with grooming. Uh, today's grooming, so maybe he could be like in Manscaped or something like that now. Yo, that's hilarious. <laughs> Just but, like uh, your Manscaped. I, actually, uh, McDowell's uh, other daughter wasn't in the movie. I don't think. I don't remember seeing her. Oh yeah, that's right. Actually, you know what? I you know what I just remember too is is the barking girl was probably one of the best. Cameos. That was hilarious. Thirty years later, <laughs> she still was still just going away. That's awesome. <laughs> like awesome. the Energizer Bunny. Oh <laughs> man! All right, so 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 we're giving it like four stars. It wasn't perfect. These things are hard too. Like me and Andy were talking about it last night. It's kind of like the uh, like Cobra Kai. Like you're not going to live up to the original, but it's your duty to kind of bring everybody back to the nostalgia of the original and kind of, you know, even though it's a little cheesy and it doesn't really have the as many belly laughs as the original, I think they did a great job with it and I I take it. The one thing Lou, I don't know what you think about this, but I was thinking about it when I when I was uh driving home from work today. I was thinking if they would have done this 10 years ago and they would have had Kevin Hart play the prince, it would have been perfect, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that would have been amazing. Yeah, but I, I don't think Eddie Murphy would have wanted somebody that would upstage him because 10 years yeah. ago, Kevin Hart was everything comedy was all about. So, <laughs> all right. All right, let's move on. Maybe we'll laugh one more time or, or, or two about the movie <laughs> as we go. 
All right, there's some big news today. Uh, you know, we, we we go both ways on on this po- podcast, football whoa, and baseball. Whoa, whoa. Yo, wh- whatever happened before stops now, gentlemen. <laughs> hey yo. Uh, all right, so Lou, I, I'm I'm gonna give give you your moment of glory because Lou's a big Cowboy fan. Uh, let's talk about Dak and his. Four-year contract. What do you feel about this, Lou? You happy? Yeah, I think it's uh, money well spent. I believe that he's proven over the last few years that without him, we are trash. I mean, we, you know, he was putting up 500 yards a game last year. And as soon as he went down, you know, we're down to 187 yards passing, one touchdown, three interceptions. I mean, what I like about this deal is that's, uh, I mean, it's front-loaded. It's technically a six-year deal, but, you know, it's an opt-out after four. So I feel like, I mean, it's tough with the other contracts as well, if I'm being honest. Amari's contract, Marcus Lawrence, Zeke. But honestly, the receivers like, are nothing without the quarterback. So <laughs> that's, that's exactly correct, man. And we have some of the best receivers in football. He got $75 million this year, $66 million bonus. Wow. So, you know, I'm just hoping that, you know, he continues to live up to form. I mean, we were talking about possibly getting Russell Wilson, but I feel like this is a better deal. I mean, he's four years younger. He's proven himself. So nice. I'm a happy man. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, oh, much better than the Red Rocket. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, what about yeah. Red Rockets, man? What are you talking about? You never trust a ginger. Uh, <laughs> that, that's why Lou went with no picture on, on his Zoom call today. That is correct. All right, all right, guys. All right, guys. Hopefully, we entertained our listeners for a minute, but they're here to talk about. Uh, listen to us talk about the middle infield today. All right, we're continuing our series, breaking down and getting everybody ready for their drafts and their auctions. So we're going to walk through this second base landscape today and give some people some sleepers and some duds. All right, starting off, basically, I'm going to go, Andy. I'm going to go NFBC ADP. All right. Okay. The first one we talked about Lemayhew uh, last last episode as a uh, as a corner man because you know he plays every position. We love him. He, he's the best. He's the best second baseman on the board. Basically, he brings a little bit of everything. Some steals. The average will be close to not, close to three hundred, close to twenty home runs. You know, hundred runs is going to be a, lock it up in the Yankees' offense. So if if you're a Lemayhew guy, you could go ahead. In in a fifteen team league and take him in this at the 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 end of the second round, beginning of the third twelve team league you you take him in the third round and you're pretty happy with it right best ball he's a great player because of the multi positions yeah absolutely and for a team like me like I I always struggle to keep the average up there this guy's just a, a beast he's definitely gonna help uh, bring up those bad uh, Joey Gallo type bang averages up. All right. The next guy up is Ozzy Albies. Perfect lineup. Does a little bit of everything. He's the same. He's the same freaking player as as uh, Lemayhu, basically. But you're going to sacrifice ten points of average, and you're going to gain ten stolen bases. So whatever you're looking for, you could go for it there too. They're basically yep. being drafted about the same time. He's getting drafted in in the beginning of the third round, uh, right about the same time as Whit Merrifield. If if uh, what's his what's Nick's name now? Uh, the Greek geek. The Greek geek, not the Greek god. Yeah. The Greek geek. Yeah. If the Greek geek was here, he'd be talking about Merrifield. I'm a little down on Merrifield this year. I'm worried about uh, the age. I'm worried about the the legs falling apart. And you know, I think that the 25 stolen bases might drop to like 18. And if you have to pay third round value for that, I'd rather uh, not do that. And I'd rather have an Anthony Rendon or somebody like that. That basically is the first tier at second base. And then we have a little bit of a drop-off. And then when we get into the 60s, we're looking at a guy that, Andy, I already know your opinion on Kevin Biggio because you drafted him in, I believe, round four of TGFBI. So I'm going to let Lou talk about him first and and then kick it to you, okay? All right, so I'm not not high on Kevin Biggio this year. I feel like his numbers are not what they need to be. I mean, he's a career 240 hitter. He's never been great with batting average if you look at the minor league stats. Solid pop. You know, he's got good potential to be double-double, maybe 15 and 15, but the projections are a little bit higher than that. There's a good stat for you. He was ranked 10th worst in baseball for average home run distance at 379 feet. That's that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Lou, that is a great point. That's important. 
because they deaden the ball, right? That's that's my biggest problem with him is with the deaden ball. I mean, he's gonna he he hits a lot of fly balls, but are, are they gonna leave the park this year? I don't think so. Oh man, very very good. I hadn't thought of that. Maybe we should have had you on before Andy drafted him in the fourth round. Jesus, I might have saved you. <laughs> uh, I am. Uh, I'm still a believer. That kid, uh, he's uh, an on-base machine. He'll definitely get you lots of runs. Uh, I think you know you're going to look at 18 to 20 home runs, and I think you'll get the same. He could go 20-20, like I said, because he plays multiple positions. We already talked about him the other day, but it's. I, I still think he's he's still improving. And he's in a much more improved lineup. Yeah, the lineup's sick. We we went yeah. over that last time. Yeah. yeah, but I think I think you know last year he was hitting at the top of the order. This year he's going to be hitting at the bottom, and I think that might affect his numbers. But could that be better for him? Maybe he'll hit with more patience. Yeah, I know? mean it's possible. I mean he's way better in OBP in my opinion. I mean he he walks definitely a good amount. Definitely. That yeah. see now that that's something that I would look at is from from a baseball perspective. Are these players such as Biggio, who aren't a big bopper, but they hit home runs, are they going to have the intelligence and the wherewithal to make a swing change and maybe now focus more on gap power, which might actually improve what what we're getting out of him? Because if he's just focused on getting on base and he brings 15, 20 points up in his batting average, but we lose five home runs, we're going to gain some stolen bases, we're going to gain a shit ton of, of runs scored, plus some RBIs batting after Vlad, I think that would be helpful. But I, I, don't, I, I don't have that information if he's actually you know, going through a swing change or something like that to, to make an adjustment. But I'd like are, to see that. Are we really, you know, he's also playing in a uh, spring training facility home games. I mean, it could be a better park adjustment, which could also help with the home runs. Good. Are they the Buffalo Blue Jays now? or No, they're the uh, Dunedin, Florida Blue Jays. Yeah, they're in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're in Florida. Okay. Yeah. Well, Until it warms up, and I think they might go to uh, Buffalo after that. Well. Because you could get blizzard. <laughs> here's the thing, is they made the Dunedin Park exactly the same measurements as the Sky Dome or whatever the hell it's called nowadays. The difference is, and Andy, you'll learn this when you go to go see Daisy Duck, <laughs> is the, the humidity in Florida is ridiculous. And people don't that didn't play the game don't realize that humidity makes the ball fly. The ball jumps off the bat when it's super humid like that. So maybe the Florida teams won't feel it as much. Or maybe they're one of these humidor teams that are, are suppressing the ball. But yeah. that, that's definitely something I, I would say that this is a player that we want to keep an, our, an eye on during the spring training. Because if you're, if you're not seeing something a little bit different, we might want to raise a red flag based on lose point. All right. I'm, I'm a fan of that. Big, big call. Big call. All right. Moving on from him, Keston Hiera. You could go back to about 10 episodes last year of us arguing about Hiera. I hate him. I don't like him. <laughs> I, I, I'm just not a fan. There's too much swing and miss. I had a, a piece up on our website, stackattackfantasy.com, about why you should not draft him. So just don't do it. And I'm just going to press the mute button on Trader Andy's microphone for a minute. Let Mr. Lou talk about Brandon Lau for a second. He's Lau, right? Lau? Low yeah, Lau? Yeah, I, I don't Lau. know which is which. He's Lau, right? He, he's never low. This is a new thing with me this year is I cannot pronounce anybody's name. I don't know why. It's COVID well, brain. Oh, man. All right. So with Brandon Lau, I feel like a lot of people are down on him. You know, he's prone to epic hot cold streaks. He's been having a slow spring so far. But, I mean, his pop off of his bat is probably one of the best in baseball. I mean, I, I personally believe he has 35 to 40 home run potential if he can just all put it together in one season. I mean, I, in my opinion, he was an MVP candidate last year heading into September. And then, you know, he he got really, really cold really, really fast. <laughs> and, you know, he's he strikes out a lot, but I, I genuinely believe there's just not, you know, maybe Vlad has, you know, the raw power that he has. And I feel like he's going at a value now that, you know, can't be ignored to be honest with you. Uh, I'm going to agree with you, and I'm going to 
yeah, yeah, at an ADP of 70. And I'm going to take Keston Hyera and just cross him off. And I'll take Brandon Lau if I'm going in at that point. I, I think everything you said is pretty accurate. I'm a big, big concern about batting average in 5x5 five five leagues. I do have some concern with Lau that, you know... 250 is not good enough for me. I need 270 for an early round pick. I'm not sure well, we're going to get he's that. He's had 270 the last two seasons, so, I mean, yeah. it's there. Yeah, it could be there. I agree with you. I um, mean, if he puts everything together, I genuinely believe that he has a chance to be top three at second base. Top three. So you're going to put Top three. Top three. You mark it okay. down, boys. Really? Who's your, who's your first two? Well, LeMayhew and Al- Albies. Oh, all right. So the guy I'll talk about next is clearly I'll take over Lau or Low any day of the week. And that's uh, when ADP of uh, 77 is uh, Jeff McNeil. He does a little bit of everything. He's, he can win a bang title. He, he can bat 310, hit you know 15 to 18 home runs. He's going to get 80 to 90 RBIs and runs scored. He's going to get you 6 to 10 stolen bases. Uh, the guy, all he does is hit You know his entire career. He's a 1,000 at-bats, and he has a 319 career bang average. So why does every publication out there, except us, project him to bat 270? He's never uh, batted 270 never. before. It's a but thousand everywhere rep- you look, 260, 270, 275. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, he's all he's done is hit the ball. I mean, he, he actually had a little cold streak last year, but then he just gets on fire and he's like the greatest hitter in the freaking league for a week. He's awesome. So I, I'm, I would take him over. I would put him in the top three of my guys. Okay. Wow. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> He's being drafted a full round and a half later than Brandon Lau, too. So if you yeah. like him more than Lau, then that, that's definitely your guy at that point. I think we're going to have to make a little bet on this one. I see a side bet. We skipped over Kettle Marte. He has multi-position eligibility. Well, well, so is Jeff McNeil, too, by the way. I forgot to say that. Yep. You know, it's second, third base, and outfield. I mean, he's phenomenal. He does it all. And he, he provides that flexibility that uh, we all need. All right. So we're a big fan of McNeil. And I'm, I think I'm equally a fan of Kettle Marte as well. A little bit less average, probably a little bit more pop. We didn't see the home runs. I think he only hit like four last year or something like that. But everybody gets a forgiveness from, from me for, for 2020. Yeah. He's right. hitting well in spring training so far, so if that's any indication. Yep. We talked about Muncie a little bit, more same thing, multi-positional. Jose Altuve for me is one of the one of the best values on the board. I expect a huge bounce back. I I I can't write this guy off. Like even I think even if his batting average is bad, it'll be 280, 285. You know, he's still got 25 home run power with a garbage can or without. I see Andy over there making noises like. Yes, I was trying to get, get ready garbage. to. He's getting ready to hit a garbage can on me. <laughs> I don't know. But the thing I, is, I love him. Dusty Baker likes to run, so I I think they're going to unleash this this year, man. I I think they're going to start running, especially Miles Miles Straw. Right. I feel I feel like Altuve's uh, value is is going up fast because of where he's being drafted at. I mean, he had 375 with five home runs in the playoffs. He's only 30. And I feel like a lot of the Astros should kind of get a pass because, I mean, they they were all in a bad, you know, mind space over the, uh, you know, the cheating scandal or whatever. So, I mean, we're a full year from that now and we're getting a full season. So, I expect to bounce back from a lot of players on the Astros. Well, my, my concern with that is they haven't had to deal with the Boo Birds yet. So... <laughs> yeah, you know they they actually got off the hook that there was no fans in the stands, and now they got to deal with that in most parks. So that may be something to pay attention to. I, you know, maybe that's another spring training thing. I'll be honest though, man. I think he's coming back, and you guys are talking about you know Lau and and McNeil being top three. I I know this may sound stupid, but I I, I think Altuve is my number two second baseman. My number three second baseman, we're not going to talk about for a while. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> but everybody already knows. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know what's coming. <laughs> All right, Lou. The The next guy on the board is somebody that Andy and I actually bought in a uh, ale-only auction just yesterday. So I'm curious to see if you feel the same that way that we do about Dylan Moore. Yeah, I feel like, you know, 
he's he's a sleeper that's turning into a breakout real quick. I mean, he's moving up the ranks. Uh, legit 2020 threat. The thing with him, uh, you know, he's K percent dropped from 33 to 27%. Last year, he only played 38 games, had a 255 average, eight homers, 26 runs, 17 RBIs, and 12 stolen bases. I mean, he's a journeyman. You know, he's been on four teams in the minors. Uh, he's rough defensively. I think if they stick him to second base, it'd be better than putting him in the outfield. Uh, and he went through a lot of things last year. I mean, he had COVID, he had a wrist injury, and he still put up the numbers that says that, you know, a true breakout is going to happen this year. I think, I think the Mariners are kind of a sleeper team this year, to be honest with you. I think, Jeff, you believe that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to pull up the Mariners right now because I want to talk about their lineup some more because this, is, this has been a topic of conversation for us. We tend to believe that we want Dylan Moore to play in the outfield, right? That's what we were looking at because we have that whole thing with, with uh, Shed Long. We don't know where Ty France is going to play. There's just so many different things going on. So if, if Dylan Moore goes to the outfield, it's good for fantasy because he's got the dual, dual uh, ownership either way. But we have to worry about Kellenic. There's just so much going on there. Um, I think the injury to Kellenic is going to keep him down. You yeah, know, yeah, that's true. May, at least that, that's true. Yeah, they're going to use that as an excuse at this yeah. point. Um, yeah. But but I I just I think that Dylan Moore might be hitting down in the lineup a little bit, which a lot of times works out good for your stolen base prowess. Right, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. because when you have the catcher or some some freaking turd batting after you, there's more reason to uh, to try to take second base. Or others might actually say, stay where you're at because we want this guy to just get out and turn a lineup over. But eh, I don't know, man. I, I'm a big Dylan Moore fan. We paid like twenty bucks for him yesterday, and in an AL only. But it, it was just more because. Uh, it, it was a roster construction thing more than anything, but I think I'm a fan. I think I, I think everything that Lou talked about is pretty uh, pretty cool. I'm into it, uh, and I'm definitely going to take him over Mike Mustakis, who's who's next in line. Uh, I, I just they're they're being drafted both 118th overall. I think they bring the same thing to the table, but Moore's got a, a much higher floor with the with the stolen bases. So why would you take Mustakis? If you could have Dylan Moore at the same spot, right? Doesn't that make sense? But Mustakis yeah, I mean, <laughs> seems to be the one with the helium. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, Three yeah. home runs and and not much else. Yeah. Well, it, it, I always worry about batting average, and he doesn't run at all. Um. All right, let's keep moving. A uh, couple of. Couple other guys, I'm not so high on. Tommy Edmonds good for best ball because he plays multiple positions. Uh, Jonathan VR's ADP is dropping like a rock. Andy, I know you like Andres Jimenez a little bit. Why don't you talk about him for a minute? Well, his uh, his ADP right now is you know over 200. Uh, I think that's gonna uh, go up a little bit as he shows. Uh, the spring, what he's doing in Cleveland. Uh, he's one of the guys that we're going to follow on because he has three positions, second, third base, and shortstop. He's going to get – I mean, he played very part-time last year, and I think he led the Mets in stolen bases. He was just flying. I think he had eight stolen bases in, like, the first 100 at-bats he had or something like that. So the guy's going to run. Uh, I think uh, Cleveland's lineup isn't going to be that good, so they're going to look to generate runs. Uh, he's, you know, you know, you're going to look at somewhere, uh, you know, maybe 10 to 15 home runs, 20, 25 stolen bases, maybe. Now I really always being a Met fan, I've always watched him, uh, you know, followed his, with the scouting report and it just, the, the numbers on the sheet just didn't mean anything to, to me. And then when I got to actually watch him, I was blown away by his makeup and he's so fundamentally sound. He just did everything smart and he just made Rosario just look like clueless, just like Lou. And I just think that, uh, (laughs) I I think that, uh, you know, um, he's going to be in their lineup. Uh, They're going to move forward with him and he's going to put in some really good, it's going to be a great value for this year. What do you guys think? Well, my concern at first was Cesar Hernandez signing and the fact 
just the simple fact that Rosario makes more money and Jimenez has minor league options available and they obviously want to try to trade Rosario that he might get the playing time. But I'm going to trust your scouting report, and I'm just going to say that Jimenez is getting the job, and I, I'm I'm going to draft him, <laughs> you know, just on on your word, man. I like it. I I think Rosario also has the option to go in the outfield, which they've discussed when he was with New York as well. Oh my God, that outfield's terrible. <laughs> that is terrible. I mean, uh, let, let let me just go one route quicker by saying this: when when we call Clueless Lou. Clueless Lou, it's it's not a dig on him. He's like one of the hardest workers I actually know. This guy is like old school. He actually has a notebook. I have a notebook too, but he actually like writes down every freaking thing he he studies, and he works very very hard at what he does. So he's he's one of those guys you just don't want to deal with in in the leagues because he will out manage you. He's a he's a, a grinder. So. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Andy, yeah. Andy, it's hundred percent it, true too. So, yeah. Andy, the joke, <laughs> the joke is not funny when you explain the irony. I know. I you know, just leave just it out there, yeah. and it's funny. Now it's not funny. But I just, I don't want them saying, "Well, I don't want to listen to this guy, clueless." Look, he's obviously clueless. So, who gives a damn? No one's listening anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine either way, man. I'm, you can call me clueless, Lou, every day. <laughs> Um, all right, I did some homework on Gene Segura because I was a little concerned because yeah. Eno, Eno Saris jumped up big time on us. He's just uh, the same thing with all him. these guys because most leagues are using seven games as their position eligibility this year. There's so many of these little middle infielders that have multi-position eligibility. He does a little bit of everything, 10 stolen bases, 15 home runs. You know, bat 270, 280. So he's he's decent. He's not going to kill you. Just just go with it, man. He's a roster <laughs> construction guy. Same thing as Jake Cronenworth. If anybody's drafting either of these guys and leaving Nick Madrigal on on the on the table, like oh, you're you're just is. an idiot. <laughs> you're an idiot. I, I'm not going to talk about him like crazy or anything like that. The guy averages 4.7 strikeouts per year. Per year, per calendar year, 4.7% strikeout rate. Like, that's insanity. Everybody needs to listen to uh, to Jeff because he has been tracking Magical since he was in diapers. Yes. Uh, I, I changed one of his diapers. I actually, I, I, wi- I, I, wiped his, I have wiped his ass. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, we're, go- we're, we're going to a dark place today. <laughs> listen. The the guy is going to carry you in stolen bases. The, the, you know, stolen bases is a wasteland. It might get better with the dead ball, but he's going to get you 20 stolen bases. He has the potential to steal 50. He's that good of a base runner. He's just going to bat ninth, and he's in a great lineup. I don't know if he's going to get the opportunity to try to steal 50. He's, he, he's, he's going to score runs, and I'm telling you that this guy is going to win a batting title and it might be this year. It might be this year. Elite Jeff, what's uh what's your stake into him? How many uh how many leagues do you have him in? <laughs> um I have basically <laughs> I've I basically made it a claim that I if I go to a draft and somebody else takes him, my phone gets flushed down the toilet. And I don't continue the draft, so basically it's a hundred percent. That's all. That's all. <laughs> I mean, they should understand. I mean, you've changed his diapers. They should just leave him be. Yep. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's wrap up second base. We're getting long winded here. Oh. To, uh, a couple of other guys we like: uh, Chris Taylor, David Fletcher, Ryan McMahon. They were kind of oh. all the same player. You know, they do a little bit of everything: multi-position eligibility. And uh, they're all guys that that we like. Andy, I know you got one more sleeper that we talked about. We missed out yesterday. Um, yeah. why, why don't you touch on him? Uh, I'm uh, very excited about this guy. He falls into the same category as uh, Rowdy. Uh, I you know, did a little research on him, and uh, I got to watch him a little bit last year. And uh, Ty France with an ADP of you know, 277. Uh, playing second base, uh, he's going. He's a bat. Uh, his his hit tool is 
much better than I actually thought. Like when I actually got to watch some video on him, he uh, uses all fields. Uh, his uh, breakout was in 2019 where he played AAA and the majors and he combined uh, in like 500 at-bats. He had like 36 home runs. Uh, he had 110 RBIs, 105 runs scored. And he was actually batting 399 in like 400 at-bats in AAA. Like I was blown away by it. And I, I feel that he's going to be on a, uh, a team in Seattle, which is going to be uh, up and coming. And they're going to be uh, proving a lot of people wrong. He's going to be one of those values. Uh, I just, I'm just sold on him. Uh, and do you guys uh, see anything with that or? He had a big bomb yesterday, man. It was a blast. What, yeah. what's it, what did you say his ADP is again? 277 last I looked. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I, it's it's value right there. I mean, the stats don't lie. So so he's basically, in in most formats, he, he's going to be a bench stash. That's that's amazing. Why not? Yeah. I'm yeah. in. It's worth it. I'm in. Could be worse. You, know, we Everybody, a- <laughs> you always have somebody on your team you wish you didn't have, so I'd definitely rather have Ty France than some of those. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. All right. Let's wrap up second base and move move on to the uh, other side of the bag or, or the, the little pillow. The little pillow. <laughs> <laughs> and let's talk about some shortstops. Starting off with Fernando Tatis. Andy, I know he's your number one overall player on the board, right? Yeah, absolutely. You have him over Mookie right. and Soto and Acuna, so... There, there you go. You guys, dra- if you're on on the clock and he's available, Andy tells you to take him, period. And that that's it. Trey yeah. Turner is great for points leagues, and he's also great for your roto league if you need stolen bases, if you're one of those that, that you know, need absolutely must have stolen bases in round one. He's kind of kind of your perfect guy, man. It's just the position's very, 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 very deep. So I, I don't really like to go shortstop in the first round. Tatis is not number one on my board. I would take Soto over him. I would take Acuna. I'd probably even take Trout over them just because I trust the depth of the position we're about to talk yeah, about. Fair enough. And that, that, that's, all, that's all it is. It's not about player comparison it's just that i trust the depth of shortstop and there's some players deep late oh shit we forgot colton wong man yeah yeah uh ask the 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 greek geek of uh mock drafting about colton wong on (laughs) on on twitter and he'll tell you more about him we do love him i just i I just saw his name and realized we skipped over him i'm sorry about that and mimi at and mimi first guy in twitter history (laughs) all right Lou, why don't you tell us what you feel about Trevor's story for this year? I mean, I feel like he's as consistent as he can be. I mean, there are a few detractors. I mean, obviously losing Nolan Arenado, you know, protecting him in the lineup is is a big deal. Uh, But other than that, I mean, he's a five-category stud. I mean, he's a 30-30 threat. Could even be a 40-30 threat if he puts it all together. Uh, He's in a contract year, which we always know. That's the biggest year for our players. They want to get paid. Uh, playing in Colorado is definitely still going to benefit him. Uh, he's been stealing bases now at a career-high rate last year, and he's lowered his strikeout rate up to his walk rate. I mean, oh, man. I genuinely think, like, I don't think he's going to be number one. I do think Tatis is probably going to finish number one, but I do think he's going to beat out Trey Turner for the number two spot this year. I mean, he's in the prime of his career. He's 28 years old, in my opinion, 28 to 34 is when you get the best production. So everything we've seen before is just going to be built on this year. And all you're right. saying all the sexiness with the, you know, K rate going down, the walk rate going up, you know, that's like music to my ears. Yeah, so. that, that's Andy's favorite favorite <laughs> indicator. Yeah. Uh, of course, everybody that's listening out there is concerned that he's going to get traded. So maybe that's why there's a Jeff, little bit of a discount. And if Jeff says he's not going to get traded, he gets traded get the traded. next day. <laughs> he's definitely getting yeah. traded. Yo, real quick, Lou, we, we uh, did a, a joint league uh, industry, and 
Arenado was on the board. I think we were picking like 11th or something. He goes, we're going to take him. He's going to do it. He's not going to get traded. The next day he got traded. It was the third round, Andy. It was the third round. (laughs) All right. It felt like the first round to me. It was devastating. All right. That would be tough. Do do you want to talk some crap, bro? We'll start talking about uh, Adalberto Mondesi, if you like. Dude, I'm I'm okay with that. All right. Let's talk about this then. Uh, All right. He's he's actually... uh, Moving up in the lineup, I think, and I he's healthy somebody. finally. And he is, you know, a make or break guy. He's going to either kill you or he's going to be great. And I've already talked to him about it. We already talked about this, but he had a monster uh, last month of the year. He had, I think, 18 stolen bases in, in the month of uh, September or October or November or something. But he was a freaking monster last year. And I think he could put it all together. And I took a chance on him in the second round. And, you know, it's a, uh, you know, I'm either going to go, you know, if you're not first, you're last. That's how I'm going. So. It, but if you're last, <laughs> you get relegated <laughs> off the podcast. Like Ricky's dad said, you can be second, you can be third, you can be fourth, you can even be fifth. <laughs> <laughs> but here, here's my <sighs> thing, guys. If you're going to. All right, there's there's some times where it's okay to take Adalberto Mondesi, right? If you're in a points league, go ahead, do your thing. If if you get negative points for strikeouts, you we probably want to talk about that first. I, I don't think we're <laughs> gonna do that. But if it's if if it doesn't penalize you for strikeouts, we're probably okay in that situation. If you're in an auction, it's okay because you can build around the negative batting batting average. The best way, if you're in a draft, a snake draft, especially a 15-teamer, if you want Mondesi on your team, I highly suggest that you take an ace pitcher in the first round. Okay? You have to do that because you're going to destroy whatever your first-round pick does. If you take... Juan Soto's 300 batting average or whoever else. It doesn't matter. Mookie Betts. And then you put the potential 230 average there. Now you're looking at just taking the 300 that you just spent your top five or six pick at and throwing it in the trash. So don't even do it. Just run into the curve and let's do that later and let's get an ace and make sure that we're ahead of the game in four other categories rather than drafting categories and then destroying them so that we improve one category, which is stolen bases. That's the way to draft Alberto Mondesi. And if a man wants to call himself Alberto Mondesi, my God, it's a free country. <laughs> His mama calls him Alberto. <laughs> All right. Short stops. We skipped over Francisco Lindor. Uh, mm. I just took him in, in the Raz Slam. He he's good to go in the second round. Even if you're in a 15 team league and you take him at the back end of the first round, and maybe maybe combine him with Bauer or Bieber, you're looking pretty good to start as well. Um, Bichette, I'm not a Bichette guy. I I I I don't know. I just think that he's overhyped. If he does live up to everything that that he's projected to do, then I'm wrong. But I, I just can't give. Uh, I, I can't give him twenty five, twenty five. I get. I agree with you, Jeff, and especially with uh, some of the value that you can get at shortstop later in the draft. I'm not taking him where he's being drafted. Yeah, I, 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 I can't disagree with you on that. That's basically a tier break. There, you drop another, another ten spots, and you get a, a small tier of that players I actually like: Bogarts, Corey Seager, Tim Anderson. Uh, we're we're dabbling our toes in that a little bit. I I took uh, I've taken Corey Seager so far this year. I have some Tim Anderson. I don't think I have any Bogarts yet. He he's got a little minor injury. I don't think it's anything serious. Andy, any of those three guys? Anything you're jumping in on? I mean, like like we said, the position is so deep. Uh, I haven't had a, a chance to get a. Uh, uh, Bogarts or Seager or any of those guys yet, but you know, and especially Lindor either, because I never dra- I try not to draft guys from my favorite team just because of that. But I, there's just so much, you, you, there's so much value in this. Uh, you know, you, you can go 20, 30 guys deep, and 
be comfortable with all these guys. So, I mean, it's not a guy that I'm going to jump up to try to get. But, you know, and also with Bo Bichette, I'm not going to discount him either. I think out of all the young players on, on the team, I think he's the, he's the guy. He's the ace. I think he'll be outperforming uh, Guriel and Vlad and Biggio. So, but it's just too deep of a position. So I'm not going to overpay like, like we've been doing with our model. We've been going uh, with the ace at that position, going for a pitcher in that round two, three area. Right. Heard. All right. Cool. All right. There, then we get a little bit of a teardrop and then, and there's, there's a two man tier with uh Glaber Torres and Javier Baez. Lou, who do you like more out of that tier? I'm actually going to go with uh, <laughs> shocking to myself as well. I'm going to go with Javi Baez on that one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. You know, I, wow. I expect Gliber to have a yeah. No, I expect uh, Gliber to have a you know bounce back season. Uh, I think a lot of the Yankees are going to put up numbers. I expect them to uh, go far in the playoffs. But Javi Baez, I feel like the hate on him has kind of gone a little crazy. I mean. Not counting last season, the previous two seasons, he had 285, 32 homers, 98 ribbies, 95 runs, 16 stolen bases. I mean, that's top four, top five rounds minimum, usually. Uh, the best thing I've learned about Javi Baez is that his real first name is Ednal, which I did not know. Learned that this week. <laughs> Wow, that is some uh, seriously dude, dude. useless right. information. Right. We're, we're yeah. about, let me give you a little piece of information. Okay, do you know why he really struggled last year? Because uh, uh, well, I think it's because of the not him not being able to see the videos. Yes, there you go. Look at that. Uh, Doing your homework. You know, the the two people that were mostly effective was, was Baez and J.D. Martinez. Both oh, absolutely really focus on doing that between innings and going and looking at. And this year they're going to be able to do that. So I think, you know, especially with him being in a contract year as well, I feel that it's going to really, really help him. I mean, the, the, whatever his first name is. It <laughs> <laughs> I already, I already El- forgot what Lou said it was. So. <laughs> his, his nickname is also El Mago, which is Spanish for the magician. <laughs> All right. That's too much homework. Uh, Seriously. Yeah. So, I mean, some of the detractors, I think, I mean, he had a 599 OPS, which was pretty terrible last year. I think it was one of the worst in baseball. Uh, but like uh, AMAC just said, you know, Trader Andy, <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's going to get the videos back. And I feel like, you know, he's going to get a return back to what he was doing. I mean, he had 30-20 potential. Uh, the biggest, one of the biggest detractors is, and Jeff, you'll appreciate this, much like my man Pedro Serrano, he hits the fastball very, very far, but he cannot hit breaking balls at all. I mean, he had a 157 average and a 31.9 strikeout rate on breaking balls. Yeah, Joe Boo's not helping him there. No, he's going to have to do it on his own. <laughs> all right. Oh. I, 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 think, uh, I, I, think, I think you're going to see Javi Baez on, on my Raz Ball team. Very soon, Raz Slam. Sorry, yeah, I, I I got him on the on the radar. I don't have enough shares yet. I think I have two shares out of fifteen teams I've drafted, and I've always been a big fan. I there's MVP upside in, in this guy, absolutely, oh, absolutely. You know, and and they kind of shaved the the lineup down. It's basically him and Bryant now, and I I think they're both going to step up and have big, big, big years. I love it. So they want to get paid, so I expect big things. Yep. Uh, Dansby Swanson. I'm not really a big guy. I, I don't know, man. Nick loves him. I'm not a big fan. Like, there's something there. there there's a couple of home runs. The usual 75-75, you know, maybe 10, 12 stolen bases. But the potential for a 250 hitter, I'm just going to pass on him. The, the, the guy that I'm really, really in love with this year, and I, I got him in TGFBI and – I'm I'm real curious to see if you guys agree with me with the value at 12380p is is Carlos Correa. Lou, what do you think about him? He is my pick for the best sleeper in in the draft. I mean, the value has never been lower. I mean, he's going in the 10th and 11th round, and we're talking about a guy that was being picked in the 3rd round just like 2-3 years ago. I mean, the injuries have piled up. He had a heel injury in 2019. 
he had that thing with his wife or fiance where he'd get a massage. Happy ending, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't think it was worth <laughs> as much as he gave up. We we I mean, usually approve saying? of happy endings. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Just not in season. <laughs> uh, but I mean, he stayed relatively healthy last year. Uh, he hit like 260, had about five home runs, but he really turned it on in the playoffs. I mean, he had 362, yeah. six home runs, 17 RBIs. Mm. Uh, the the lineup, like I said, I feel like they're going to bounce back. Jeff made a good point about, you know, the fans booing. But that's a strong lineup with a strong pitching staff. Uh, in my opinion, I mean, the way that Corey Seager was being looked at last year is the same way that Carlos Correa is being looked at this year. I mean, and that's another guy who's in a contract here. So I feel like the hate has gone a little crazy with Carlos Correa. And where you're taking him, like you said, ADP is at, what, 123? I mean, what else are you getting in the, the 10th and 11th round that's going to be have more upside than than this man? Yeah, closer that's going to lose their job, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, like I said, his biggest detractor is his injuries. He's averaged about 109 games over his first five years. I'm not counting last year because, you know, last year was a cup of coffee. Uh, but if he stays healthy, I mean, this could be the steal of everyone's draft. Yeah, I, 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 I can't argue with that at all i love it i took him in tg fbi and you know i'm looking at that i got some leagues that i paid 300 to get him 400 whatever tg fbi is free that's my main league this year that's the one i want to win so I, no, I'm, I like, in, I'm in man i'm i'm all in on this guy man i love it i yeah i, I, don't, I don't know what else to say man <laughs> like well, tw- I'll 26 years old bro and people yeah. gave up on him already He's been around so long that you don't think he's that young. And like uh, Lou said, uh, you compare him to what Corey Seager was last year and he came on and was a monster. And that's exactly what I think he's going to do too. So yeah, we're all I, in there. I, I, Everyone I, get your shares. Yeah, you're, you're, getting a, you're getting a six or seven round discount here. This is an all in, man. Push the chips in. This yeah. is why we weren't worried about going into the first round for a shortstop. This is why I was talking about I would rather have Betts, Trout, Acuna, those Soto, those guys over Tatis because I know that I could get this guy later. He doesn't run. That's a problem. But if you know that you're targeting this guy in the 10th round or 8th round in a 15, whatever it might be, then you're going to adjust and make sure that you have the stolen bases. And if you're you're part of the stack attack squad, you're going to have Nicky Madrigal anyway. So you you don't you don't need stolen bases from Correa, and that that balances it out. All right, Andy, Andy, I'm going to ask you a question about one of my favorite guys this year, and we haven't stopped gushing about the Blue Jays at all. Tell tell me what you're thinking about Marcus Semien Semien Semien. Semien, uh, the, semi, the, the name semi. that's semi, semi. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, I think we actually discussed him uh, the last pod too because he, you know, he's gonna have uh, multiple positions, gaining the second base eligibility. That's huge. That's huge. Um, yeah, and, and that's um, what differentiates him from Didi Gregorius, who's at a similar ADP. Sorry yeah, to interrupt. Uh, Keep going. Uh, oh, no problem. And this guy was uh, third in the MVP voting in 2019. Uh, he can carry your team. He's going to be uh, going into a monster lineup that is just going to be destroying teams. Uh, they're going to be killing the ball, and he's going to have lots of runs. I think they say he's going to be batting second, possibly too. Which yeah, that's, I know you that's don't, nasty. You, you don't like that. You don't like that. But you know, I um, love it. I oh, love did it. you? I thought oh, okay. I love I, I love him in that spot. Absolutely. Yeah. I, so, I like. I'm I'm higher on him than I am on Biggio. So. Over overall, I mean, cost considered. So yeah, and I, 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 I absolutely love taking and and it's great because what what's he maybe ten picks after after Correa. So if you lose out on Correa and you take Simeon in the same round, I don't think you're losing. Yeah, you don't have to go on tilt. You get still get a guy who's gonna be a great value. Yeah, and, uh, I don't really have actually in that Blue Jays lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's go to the KBO and Hey Song Kim. It's funny because I always compared Hey Song Kim to Marcus Simeon. And this year I'm I'm gushing on Simeon and I'm trying as hard as I can 
to not be the guy <laughs> gushing on Kim, even though I watched him, you know, like I watched, I, I was the idiot waking up at 5 a.m. to watch all these KBO games and bet I on know. it and DFS, <laughs> and it was free money. Yeah, and definitely was. I brought it. They, Kim's going to, he, he, he's, He's got the potential for like 25 stolen bases. He's going to hit 270 if it translates. That's the concern. He was a 300 hitter in in Korea, but you know, for the most part the the KBO is like double A, like bad double A. <laughs> and so it's not going to translate to 300. He's going to be at the bottom of the lineup. They have an avenue to replace him with Cronenworth and all that and all these other middle infielders and Profar and all that. So his job is not guaranteed. Um, he's actually going to play second base for them, right? Yeah. Even though yeah. He, he's by, by trade a shortstop. So your league, he probably has eligibility at both. You know, I don't know. He's kind of a stay away. If he's one of those guys that slides, take him. I mean, oh, he's only like- 25 too. I mean... You know, you got to factor that in. He's not old, especially for the Korean leagues. Uh, he has a chance, man, to hit twenty twenty if he stays in the lineup. But I mean, it's a log jam over there, so I'm not sure if that's going to be possible. It's probably getting even worse now too, because the the hype of the spring training so far has been uh, the development of C.J. Abrams with Tatis in the middle of the lineup, and Abrams is uh, dynamic. He's uh, hitting. Gang on base, stealing bases. He's great in the field, and him and Tatis are getting a bond together. And that's going to be something like people are saying that it could happen this year, especially if someone falters a little bit in that spot. This guy might get the call soon. Uh, or you could just skip him and draft Paul DeYoung instead and take the 25, 30 home runs. I mean, the, the you know, the Padres lineup, too, is, is pretty strong. So, I mean, if he does get some consistent at-bats in that lineup, I mean, he's got a chance to put up some runs and stolen bases. And You know, I don't know how the power is going to go over here, but something to watch for sure. All right. Either, either you guys like Jorge Polanco moving over to second base, another player you get two position eligibility from, a couple stolen bases, home, home runs are there. You know, they're actually saying he's going to play every day. The, the 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 organization wants him to win the gold glove at second base, which is actually his natural position. I didn't realize that. I didn't know I that. Know. Yeah, he came, up, he came up, he was drafted as a second baseman, and they moved him based on need, and now he's going back where he came from. So it makes sense. Good flyer. And Definitely the, a fan of him, too. Yeah. So, so between Kim... Polanco and DeJong. I, I probably take DeJong, DeYong, whatever. But <laughs> I'll, whatever, keep it moving. Andy, you got any other sleepers that you like at the end of the at, end of your draft for for a shortstop? Uh well, the one one guy I think uh that is much better than he's shown is uh Willie Adamas. And I feel that this is the year that it's going to basically be a make or break year for him. I I actually was hearing rumors that he could possibly be traded to the Reds for a shortstop because they need one uh, for the the need right now. But with uh, Wander Franco coming along and you have a bunch of other young guys coming up, this is his make or break year. I I feel like the tools are definitely there. I think that uh, his ADP is around 300. So I feel that he's going to be a really nice value and he's going to do possibly do something really good this year. All right. So is he off the trademark trade market? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, we're not uh, we're not the GM, so we don't know. Yeah. Um, All right. Who um, else you guys got? Anybody else? I I, I kind of like Willie Castro. I think uh he's got some upside. I mean, I don't know if he's gonna hit the way he hit last year, but I mean for where he's going, I think he's going around pick two fifty eight. I mean, that's, like I said, that's just another guy that you can throw on your bench and see what happens compared to, you know, what else you might get in that, you know, around that area. But, but Lou, you said it yourself just now. He's just another guy. Just a guy. That's it. Jag. <laughs> Jag. Andy, we haven't spoken about any Pirates today. They feel left out. Is there anybody oh. on the Pirates 
middle infield <laughs> that you like at all? Maybe Kevin yeah. Newman, any interest? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, his ADP is over 500. I mean, he's free. Free! Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just two years ago, I mean, he was bad over 300 in his first uh, taste in big league and, you know, double-double uh, home runs and stolen bases. Uh, he's cheap. I, I, you know, I know they're saying that there was a little competition there with uh, Cole Tucker, but I think that Newman's bat's going to play, and he could be a, a solid uh, thing for steals. So. All right, I'll take it. Anybody else? Or are we going to get the hell out of here? Because I'm tired. Yeah, yeah I think we're rolling. Uh, I, I got a I got an article due in two hours. I didn't start. <laughs> and you know, I I, th- I think we're gonna have to call a wrap on this this one. Time of death, yeah. t- time of death, sixty seven <laughs> minutes. Uh, <laughs> I gotta go right coming three America. Uh, interesting. All right, all right, L- Lou. Anything you wanna you wanna add before we go, man? Great job today. Thanks for stepping in. I appreciate you filling in. You did an awesome job. Good job with the homework. Anything you wanna say before you go? I I would tell everybody where to find you on Twitter, but I don't think you believe in that. So. <laughs> oh, I have a Twitter. I just never actually used it, but I'm going to start soon. So I'm at uh, Tommy Chong Surge. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> oh, boy. Tommy Chong Surge? Yeah. Is there an E at the end of that? Nope. Nope. Red out of letters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Andy, anything intelligent to add before we get out of here? Oh, no, nah, my brain is fried, man. I got nothing for you guys today. All right, that's cool, man. He's a Mac twenty-two and Jay. I'm at Jay Trella twenty. This is the Stack Attack Fantasy Podcast. Trevor, thanks for all you do and take us out. Peace. Yeah.